Welcome to Appetite and Adventure, where we talk about awesome adventures, fabulous food, mental unhealth, and everything else cool in life with Adam Zekri. All right, howdy. Um, welcome to episode two of the podcast. And uh, I'm going to be honest here, most of it's going to be me ranting, and you should expect that from now on. Um, but if you saw my picture that I'm going to upload with this, the mug that I'm using uh, is a couple of tits on a mug, just like my one from the previous one. And that is made by um, a good friend of mine named Sherry Sheridan. Uh, and sh she has a Instagram page called at Sheramic. So S-H-E-R-A-M-I-C. And she sells her mugs online. And they're really sweet. I have a few of them, including my moon mug with gold tits and uh yeah so bunch of stuff i wanted to talk about today i figured this time i'd write stuff down so that i'm not constantly going um 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 trying to think of what to do and uh i went skiing today i i worked overnight last night um oh man you're gonna hear a bit of a rant later but uh i worked overnight last night and uh, today I got up, went to skied up to Chester Lake. Wasn't much skiing to be had, especially because I was alone. Um, and I didn't feel like getting buried in an avalanche in the backcountry while I'm first starting to learn the sport. But uh, yeah, so I skied down the trail. It was pretty sweet, nice. Um, ski touring is a challenging one to get into, mostly because you, you really should have at least one other person with you. It's, you know, if you want to get into some other sports you can usually practice it by yourself or whatever but ski touring is a bit of a pain in the butt uh in that regard um and i finished my uh yogurt and granola this morning so i had to go get a new a new uh thing of strawberry yogurt but i love taking a break from eating certain foods and then coming back and eating it for the first time in a while something that you like really love like come on yogurt and granola with frozen cherries not frozen like Halfway thawed. That's the best. You mix them into the, oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, and then, okay, I'm going to give you guys a cooking tip here. I'm going to try and give one cooking tip, one song, uh, and a couple other things. But if you have suggestions for things to do, like per podcast, shoot it my way. Um, the, oh, and my inappropriate joke of the podcast. We'll get to that one later after you guys have listened to most of it in case I offend some of you. Which I most definitely will. Um, the uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, also happy International Women's Day. Uh, I love women, maybe too much. Uh, the only thing I don't love is commitment, apparently, uh, which might be part of the reason I have. <laughs> an issue with relationships or being able to maintain one is I got a, I got an issue with commitment, but I do love women. I, I like all sorts of women, but, um, I do have a commitment issue. How, how many fucking ball shaving commercials? Speaking of, I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be women. It could be other dudes or whatever. How many fucking ball shaving commercials does it need to be? Honestly, like the UFC has manscaped as a sponsor Every fuck I listened to the Bob Saget pod. Bob's like fucking sixty-five years old. He, his commercials are manscaped commercials. Like, I don't know if guys just realize that you are currently capable, like that you've been able to shave your balls for however much time. 
But if you're just learning about that now, that's an issue. I mean, you don't have to do it. I don't care. I like whatever. But like the fact that there's a whole industry based around shaving your balls is insane to me. And it's so weird that that has become like a mainstream commercial, in my opinion. I just don't see. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why I involved ball shaving with talking about food, because that's what I was going to talk about uh, at first. But um, yeah, so uh, the food thing I was going to talk about, I ate all my yogurt and granola. But one thing, I used to live with a roommate and she, I mean, she couldn't cook anything, but she definitely couldn't cook chicken. And excuse me. Um, I, I don't know. I get this question sometimes, especially when I'm cooking dinner for somebody or something. And they're like, how did you cook that in a non-stick pan and get it to not stick? This is like basic cooking. Okay. First of all, non-stick pans, unless it's cast iron, you're cheating. That's it's whack. And I don't, I don't trust that coating they put on. I mean, I use them sometimes just out of convenience because that's what closest to me. But generally I try not to use anything other than cast iron or stainless steel pans. But with cast irons are like naturally non-stick. I mean, if you're getting shit stuck to a cast iron pan, you really don't know what you're doing, which is fine. But um, if you want to learn how to cook something like a protein, like chicken, perfectly on a regular stainless steel pan, it's easy. Okay. First of all, enjoy life a little bit. Use more than the smallest drop of oil. You need at least enough oil, not just to cover the pan, but you want to you want to have a very minuscule layer of oil on the pan, heat it up. I like to use peanut oil. I hate cooking with olive oil. Olive oil sucks. It t imparts a weird taste, especially if you're not cook. Generally, if you're cooking something like a chicken breast in a pan, you need to cook it at a higher temperature. Olive oil is going to burn. Peanut oil is great. Peanut oil tastes good. It's from peanuts, so it's vegan or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so you get the pan hot enough so that when you tilt the pan, the oil rushes towards another direction. It doesn't slowly dribble in that direction. You want it to rush towards the other side of the pan as you tilt the pan. Then you know it's probably hot enough. If you take like a little, whatever, a morsel of spices or whatever that's on your finger and you flick it into the pan and you don't hear a noise, then it's not ready. You, you need to hear like right when you drop something in the pan. That means the pan's hot enough. So what you do is you get your pan hot enough, make sure the oven's preheated at like 350 or 375 degrees and you drop it down in the pan. Now you either put it skin side down or if there's no skin on it, we're just using breast for example in honor of International Women's Day. Um, if you're dropping it down in the pan and uh, you don't hear a sizzle right away, it needs to get hotter. So just pull it out right away. Wait for it to get hot enough. You want to drop it down skin side, whether there's skin on there or not, because it's your quote unquote presentation side. I mean, in all reality, is it going to affect how it cooks? No, but just for the sake of like, you know, making yourself a nice meal, you eat with your eyeballs. Um, drop it down in the pan, give it like five minutes. You should be, you basically don't move it until it lifts without any pull. If it's pulling on the pan, it's not finished on that side. You want it to cook all the way through that side that's touching the pan and just leave it there. If your oil starts to smoke, turn the temperature down. You want it hot enough at the beginning so that it sears and makes that crust on the meat, but you don't want it 
you don't want to burn everything. So eventually you have to turn the temperature down a little bit. So I have one of these like weird electric ranges. I started at about 75% heat. And then once it's starting to sear and it's cooking that first half, I turn it down to about halfway, give it five minutes. I mean, obviously depending on how thick it is, I generally wait until I can see the, the cooked color of the chicken rise up to, I don't know, about halfway up the breast, flip it over, give it another couple minutes on the pan and then put it in the oven. Make sure you use enough salt and pepper. People are always like, Adam, you put so much salt on it. It's like, no, I don't. I put the right amount of salt on it because that's what make it taste good. Salt and pepper, whatever else you want to do. Um, and then stick it in the oven for, oh, probably for a chicken breast, probably around 10 minutes or so if it's at like 375. And then pull it out and it should be firm to the touch. You're not cooking a medium rare steak. You're cooking a chicken titty. So... It's got to be cooked all the way through. There's no such thing as medium rare chicken if you, I don't know, if you don't want to shit your pants. Um, but that is my cooking tip for the day. And if you want to accompany it with something nice, as soon as the chicken's done, put it on a plate, let it rest. Make sure you have some asparagus ready to go, trimmed, so the ends are cut off, like the bottoms. And then throw it in the pan when the pan's still really hot. And then as the asparagus is, you only need like two minutes for the asparagus. So cook it like halfway through and then throw a fat chunk of butter in there. And that will make it taste really good. Um, and yeah, let the butter pull it. Like you use a metal scraper if you're using a stainless steel pan or a cast iron pan. Use like a metal spatula and scrape up all the stuff that was left by the chicken. And uh, incorporate that into your butter sauce for the asparagus. And voila. Um, yeah, that is my tip for the day with cooking. Um... Man, so we're able at the moment to teach one-on-one -on -one, uh, like private training with jujitsu. Uh, we're finally able to open it up and holy shit. Um, like I am so, I'm so stoked that we're able to go back and do, I, and I forget, okay, I, I overthink shit way too much. And so, and, and I also am sometimes too flippant about things that are major parts of my life. Uh, and jujitsu and martial arts is one of them. I mean, I compete, uh, I train all the time and it was weird when COVID happened, I went up North and worked up North and then I came back and I trained again for a little bit in both Calgary and Canmore cause things were still open. And then at, um, and then it shortly everything got locked down again. And this is in the last like six months or so. And I kind of just fell off the wagon with that stuff, which is, I mean, I had a bunch of other stuff going on with work, but uh, taking that break, I forgot how much I love it. And then the other night I was back there and we were doing one-on-one -on -one classes and I was teaching somebody how to choke somebody. And then after I taught them how to break someone's arm and dude, it feels so good to just do that. Like to even just imitate choking, not even actually do it, just get on the mats and imitate choking somebody and the technique behind it and the idea behind it. And then, I mean, I know it sounds brutal, but if you've never done jujitsu, you just don't get it. Okay. It's, it's everybody. My mom, my mom drives me bonkers with her opinion. I, like I called her a few weeks ago and I was, this is before I went back to coaching and, uh, she's like, I, I she's asked me what I was doing and I was like, Oh, I'm taking a break from, jujitsu right now just because everything's locked down and it's kind of good because I'm enjoying doing getting back into skiing and stuff like that and she's like oh honey I 
I'm happy you're doing that. I don't understand why you like jujitsu so much, unless it just makes you feel stronger than other people. And that kind of fuck, that just drives me fucking crazy. Because I wouldn't spend the last 12 years doing it if, I mean, if it, all it did was make me, I would just go to the gym if I wanted to feel stronger than other people. Obviously, that is not the case. I love it because it makes me just, I just, it's just, it's just weird. Okay. I think jujitsu is really good for, because it's a, I know it sounds violent because I was talking about choking and breaking arms, but in reality, 99% of the time you're doing jujitsu, you're learning technique and there's a lot of actual technique and you need to understand geometry and the fit, the practical application of physics in order to be successful with jujitsu. If you don't understand and respect, because you'll never, you'll never be able to train if you don't respect your training partners. You can't just hammer people because no one's going to want to do anything with you. And then you have to understand concepts like leverage and movement and momentum. So it's it's a very technical sport that involves a lot of very small details in order to truly be successful at it. And it's never ending. Uh, I have two kind of explanations for how I view the two main arts, which are either grappling or, I mean, you can incorporate jujitsu as part of grappling along with wrestling. And then there's boxing and striking and kickboxing. And the way I look at the two is grappling and jujitsu are this um, essentially a never ending encyclopedia as someone's always adding to it as time goes on. There's always more stuff to learn. And yes, there's always more stuff to learn with striking, but in application, it's almost as if striking is like a poem that you recite. And the person who can recite this poem or story more accurately uh, and concisely is going to be the more successful person. So anyways, you can get lost in Jujutsu and I can definitely talk about it forever, but um, being able to go back to it is pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I do love it. And uh, I do owe uh, Travis, who's the owner of what was formerly Bow Valley Jiu-Jitsu, but is now Dark Horse Martial Arts. And I got to say, I like his gear. The, the logo is awesome. He just he just rebranded it. Um, and he's done a lot to make the club successful. And he dedicates a lot of time, not just to uh, the club itself, but to individual people. And sometimes I feel like, especially me, because sometimes I struggle, especially in the winter times when it's easier to fall off the wagon and just sit at home when you get home from work because it's already dark out, especially in Canmore. If you work a job inside in Canmore during regular hours at the height of winter, you pretty much never see sunlight um, unless you make, make go out of your way to leave work or something and, and go out in the sun. But there's a reasonable period of time here where you don't really get much sunlight at all. And it can be super draining. It drives me crazy. Um, so... Uh, Travis is really good. Like, there's been times where he showed up at my work uh, to ask me how I'm doing and why I haven't been at the club, and you know, I'm welcome back whenever. So, he deserves a big thank you in that regard. Everybody needs a friend like that. And speaking of friends, I'm gonna talk about something else here that's a little bit. Uh, I'm not gonna say serious because the guy was never a very serious guy. He's a big goofball. But one of my best friends that I grew up with as a little kid died. Um, on Friday. Today is March 9th, 2021. And he died in a car accident on March 5th, I believe. Um, and I found out from my mom who had found out from my little brother. But with stuff like this, 
I never really know like what to say or how to feel or, you know, I'm a very like quiet guy. And, uh, it was just a, a total shock to me because we grew up together. I mean, I spent so much of my childhood playing soccer with him and at his house with his parents. Um, and he was just so funny. He's goofy. He is so undeserving of what happened. I mean, I could think of so many other people that, that, you know, it, it sounds weird, but like deserve more to take his place. He was just so good. It was, and I, I, and I don't say that about many people. Like he was a really good guy. Um, his name's David, but it was just weird that, uh, you know, you wait, I woke up from my night shift and, and the first thing I saw was a message from my mom on the phone saying, did you know that David passed away yesterday? Obviously I didn't know that. So I, started asking some friends and I found out what happened and uh and it didn't hit me until like six hours later like I was like I, I was feeling weird so I asked my ex-girlfriend if I could go borrow her dog and go for a walk and while I was walking with the dog it just like hit me and then I would I made like a semi-cryptic Facebook post whatever and uh yeah, it was just, you know, I got a few messages from people saying, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I appreciate that. But I mean, generally, I don't, if if somebody tells me about something, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like real and straight up with my response to things like that. So, you know, I say, sorry about that, you know, whatever, if you, if you need something, let me know. Other, uh, otherwise, let's, you know, try to keep the try to just continue with life. I mean, I, how much can you dwell on something like that? It's, it's hard. I don't know. Uh, obviously everybody's different, but this is one of those things I sometimes think about a lot. Like I'm always in my head and it makes me feel weird thinking about like, what am I going to do when a friend passes away or when one of my parents pass away or when, you know, my little brother, whatever, you know, you name it. I've thought about it. Um, and you never know. I don't think anybody really knows. And I think anybody who says they know how they're going to react or know what they're going to do is full of bologna and macaroni. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. And uh, what can you do? It's that you can't bring, and I, I'm not even trying to be, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to be cheesy. I'm just, talking about what's on my mind and this is something that was like obviously clearly on my mind over the last few days and uh yeah like what what are you what are you supposed to do are you i i got a, a part of me wants to write a a letter to his parents uh just you know thanking them for the life that we had together growing up and i was cruising back from skiing today listening to music and just like listening to like some country songs that I like and it kind of hit me again. So it's like one of those things, like I remember when my dog died a few years ago, it was weird. Obviously I was insanely upset at the moment because it was a surprise. Um, and then over the next few weeks I would be, I fucking, I remember so clearly I pulled up the grocery store is my favorite place. Okay. That's anybody who knows me understands two things that I have an issue with commitment with women and that I love the grocery store. And I went to the grocery, I remember so specifically, I went to the, this is like three weeks after my dog died. I went to the grocery store, pull up, put my car in gear. And usually my dog would just wait in the car for me while I'm in the grocery store. Obviously she's not there anymore. So I just, I sat there and cried for like 
15 minutes in my car. So everybody deals with shit differently, but that's how I'm dealing with it. And I'm dealing with it by talking about it because that's good for you. We don't, it, it's one thing to like, whatever, make Facebook posts and shit like that. Uh, I'm neither here nor there on that kind of stuff, but that is not the same as talking about things and nothing fucking drives me crazier than that stupid bell. Let's talk campaign. Some multinational company using, a using, Oh, I hate the term mental health, but using the term mental health to they're profiting. They profit off that shit. There's no doubt they don't. It's marketing and advertising for them to make them look good and look cool. So I gotta, whenever I see that stuff, I'm like, no, like fuck off. You want to, you want to, you want to talk about mental health? You go talk to people like for real. You don't whatever about, you know, st stupid little campaigns online where they donate five cents for every text message you send or some baloney like that. You get five cents for sending a dick pic. Uh, yeah. So who knows? I, I don't know. Um, life's complicated and, uh, yeah. So anyways, um, on lighter note slightly, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I don't know if you guys are, well, I do know you guys are wasting a portion of your life on YouTube. So if you haven't seen the channel Strictly Dumpling or, uh, like kind of like a co-channel to that called Mikey Chen, you should probably go check it out, especially if you like food. It's just this, this Chinese dude, he goes to buffets and different restaurants and different places in the world and eats a ridiculous amount of food. But it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, eh, it's, especially when I was cutting weight for my fight, I, you know, I think four years ago I weighed myself and I was 239.8 pounds, which is a shitload. I'm only five foot 10. Um, and I mean, I'm a thick dude to begin with, but like, that's a lot. And then last year, so three years later, I was getting ready for my second MMA fight and I was cutting weight to fight at 170, which I did successfully. I remember the day, excuse me, the day that I weighed in before the fight, I stepped on the scale and I was 169.8 pounds. So I lost a total of uh, 31, fucking 70 pounds over, over that period of three years. I put a reasonable amount of it back on since then because I haven't had any competitions and I don't know if 170 is totally sustainable for my body, but I was happy with myself. Um, but the whole time I was cutting weight and like for the last week and a half, probably I was eating like two cans of tuna, some crackers and some apple throughout the day. And I'm talking like days where I'm exercising and training and working as a plumber in the fucking winter. Like, oh, dude, I was so miserable. And on top of that, I was drinking like a gallon of water at least each of those days. Um, and how I would fill my nights when I'm sitting at home just bored after training or whatever is I would watch these strictly dumpling videos and just obsess over all the food I wanted to eat. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. I'm watching videos of like this dude cracking fried eggs over ramen and uh whatever mochi balls and philly cheesesteaks and pork buns and and somehow i didn't blow my head off looking at all this food um and not being able to eat it and i exercised the constraint that was required in order to uh successfully complete the weight cut so i was really happy about that um 
And then I gorged myself for like three days afterwards. There was a place, the fight was in Lethbridge. And the next morning, there's a place uh, that we all went to breakfast for, me with the rest of my team, called Sonder Coffee. And it's like this little coffee house in Lethbridge downtown where they serve, um, what do they call it? Like fresh Belgian waffles with either savory or sweet topping. So I remember I ordered a fresh waffle with two poached eggs, pesto, tomato, and bacon and brie ate that, ordered another order of that, ate that. And then I ordered one with, I think it was like cinnamon and sugar or strawberries or something and whipped cream. Um, but fucking crushed all three waffles, drove back home, worked the next day. Um, that's what it's all about. Losing weight and then gaining it all back. And, uh, you know, having body dysmorphia. That's, that's what life's all about. Um, speaking of body dysmorphia, holy shit, working nights. I'm never going to do it again. I don't think, uh, I've been working nights for the last three months and it's fucking miserable. I hate it. Um, it wouldn't be so bad if it, if it didn't screw up my sleep cycles, which in turn screwed up my desire and ability to exercise so much. Um, but it's just throwing me totally off course. Like, like it's, it's just totally ruined my, my outlook on, on, on life. Honestly, it's funny. Uh, uh, Matt is probably going to listen to this. So, but uh, when I first started, he's, he's going to understand what I'm talking about. I think, because when I first started the job, I would wake up at, you know, one, one in the afternoon or something. And when your sleep schedule is all off and your eating schedule is all off, like at least me, I'm, I'm not the friendliest person first thing in the morning. And Matt is the friendliest person, eh, pretty much from sunrise to sun up. So I would walk out of my bedroom and Matt would be standing in the kitchen, whatever. And he would be like, good morning. And I'm just like, dude, like, I didn't say anything, but I'd be like, dude, I don't know. like, I just walk right into the bathroom. And then I'd, I'd come out, this is going to be funny because he's for sure going to listen to this. I'd come out and he's got a bowl of carrots and a coffee which in any regular day life activity, who fucking cares? But because I'm so like, whatever, I'm just off of my rocker. I, I can hear him taking every bite of carrot. And I just, I wanted to rip my ears off. And then he's sipping his coffee like, <sighs> it's a whatever, I don't fucking care. But like, because of how I was, it just driving me bonkers. Um but that's all on me, and that's a product of working nights, which I um, I never want to do again. Uh, but I, I'm going to stick it out because Phil uh, told me to. He said, Adam, don't be a pussy. You said you'd do it, so just do it. And he was right. Um, now, that doesn't apply to everything. If you if you're really, like, are in something long-term and you really hate it, in my opinion, there's no shame in, in moving on. There, you only have a certain amount of years, and that's what – uh, in a weird roundabout way. That's what, uh, my friend Dave, uh, dying, uh, made me realize is, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good about experiencing things and doing new stuff, but him passing away so abruptly reminded me, um, that, uh, you only have a finite amount of time here. And I was, oh, one of these things I was overthinking so much is this podcast. So I decided immediately, uh, that, uh, I don't want to say in his honor, I don't want to diminish his honor, but, uh, in memory of him, I decided to do this, uh, and just get it done. Uh, Travis is another person who has always been good at like kind of calling me out on very, very subtly calling me out on things that I'm not doing that I said I would do. So, 
Um, I have to thank all of my friends for that, including Dave, um, who I very much would like to see again, um, which I won't be able to, but you know, we, we always, we don't always get our way and it would be, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that as things go along, but, um, yeah. Uh, so I'm almost done my contract working nights at the Nordic center, which, okay. I'm just going to say it. If you cross country ski, I'm not saying you can't care about the environment, but if you cross country ski at one of these facilities that grooms the trails every night and stuff, it is going to be real hard to convince me that you are so concerned about the environment on a busy night where I work, we use upwards of 700 or 800 liters of diesel fuel just to operate the machinery that grooms those trails. So when some granola munching, jogging pants, having Tesla driving ding dong is, you know, whatever, giving people shit for their lifted trucks. That's all I got to say is, you know, it's going to take more than a stupid Tesla to convince me that you care so much about the environment when you're going there and paying money for, and I mean, I know every industry has shit like this, but because I'm working in the industry, it gives me a right to rant. Um, cause I like ranting and I like talking shit. Um, and, uh, I think especially people in this town need to mind their fucking business and, uh, you know, not be so preachy, a lot of preachy people around here. Um, we need a little bit more of that. Eh, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to get some hate for this. <laughs> we, we need a little bit more of that honky tonky fucking country. So really, there's a lot of fear mongering going on in the world. We don't need any more of it in our lives. You know, every time, keep this in mind. Every time you see something in the news, the news makes money off of you reacting. Why would they downplay shit? They're not going to downplay shit. Okay. They, they, they're, they're fucking exaggerating everything. And it's not controversial to have an opinion like that. It's not controversial to think that the world's not going to end in five years if we don't all drive electric cars. It doesn't even make sense. The amount of mining and reconfiguring everything to deal with an electric, like it's just, it's asinine. I believe in recycling and reusing things and being as efficient as you can. It would be stupid not to be that way. But to just think that, uh, you know, we're going to change the world in the next 10 years by all buying electric cars. Suck my balls. Okay. It's not going to happen. Um, and neither going vegan isn't going to change everything either. Okay. Just, just relax everybody and let people live their lives and do their thing. And other than that, just, you know, be nice. You know, the biggest way to make a difference in the world is just be nice to each other and do what you believe is right. And then mind your fucking business. That's probably a good point to end on. Um, but one thing I wanted to do uh, was um, I'm going to because I'm gonna I'm gonna try and change up the host for this and put it on the Spotify app whatever it's not working at the moment but when I figure it out I'm gonna add music to it um, uh, maybe like one song an episode or something like that uh, so I will check that out um, so if I'm just pulling up the song that I wanted to use here. Um, and uh, this is a song that I was listening to on the way. It has nothing to do with David. I don't even know if David really liked country music that much. But it got it's like one of those things. You guys are probably listening to a song and for whatever reason, it resonates with you. It doesn't have to make any sense at all. Um, but uh, Coulter Wall 
is an artist, and I think he's from Saskatchewan. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, somebody told me that his his dad, his dad, I believe, is the premier of Saskatchewan, Brad Wall. I'm going to look this up here before someone fact checks me. Um, or at least I'm going to make sure that the premier of Saskatchewan's name is Brad Wall. Uh, okay, he was. He, yeah, he was the premier of Saskatchewan until February 2nd, 2018. He's the fourth longest tenured premier in the province's history. There's only like 50 people in that province anyway, so I mean, who cares? But, uh, so I think, I believe it's his son, Coulter, has a, he's, an, he's a musician, and I came across his music a while ago, and he does a lot of covers of old songs. But this song I'm going to dedicate to David, um, because I love my friend David, and I wish he was still around. And this song is called Big Iron. And if you are able to listen to it when the podcast is over, like if, like if it continues to play and you hear this song, great. And if not, just go on Spotify or iTunes or whatever and look it up because um, I think it would be, you know, nice. Just, just mix things up, add a little uh, music to the end of every podcast. So thank you for listening. I will make another one soon and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Adios, amigos. You?